0: Today's podcast is part five of five.
1: I guess at this point I'm going to transition to what's almost the last set of questions here, which have to do with issues of identity. But what I mean by identity is just how you define or understand yourself, your vision, your view of who you are. So if someone were to ask you, who is Joe? What's your identity? What would you say?
0: I would say... Joe is, well, Joe is MAP. MAP is Joe and Joe is MAP. Uh It's so ingrained in me that I live and sleep and eat MAP. Uh Yeah, actually, the very things I didn't like about my dad, I struggled with myself, you know, my own family some, but not nearly to the extent that we did at home, Uh hopefully anyway. Uh Family was very important. Outside of family, yeah, I, I mean, no as Matt, no one, no one as getting phone calls in the middle of the night and pulling cars out of ditches to speaking with police officers to sitting behind closed doors with a judge or nurses and doctors wondering, you know, how do we handle our patients? They don't want to be life flighted. They don't want their head coverings removed, you know, on and on and on and on. It's just, you know, speaking in churches, over 500 churches seminars, helping helping people understand who their Amish neighbors are. That's yeah. me. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll live that way until the day I die. I don't know anything else.
1: So so for you, what's your religious identity then?
0: My religious identity is saved by grace through faith alone, not denomination. Okay. It has nothing to do with Baptist, although that's what I grew up with. I'm, I'm very much... Uh, Denominational, It's only through Jesus Christ, Him alone, that I'm made right with God, and now am a child of God. And when I die, I will be with God.
1: Okay. And how important is that identity for you?
0: It is. It is very, very important. It's a message that I I give uh, every day of my life to anybody that will take the time to listen or is interested. Okay.
1: And. The next question is about ethnic identity. So some folks might identify themselves as Italian-American or Irish-American or, you know, some other kind of ethnic identity. Do you hold any kind of ethnic identity like that?
0: You know, that's a very, very powerful question and one that we have often talked about. When we leave the Amish, we are no longer identified as Amish. In our minds, we are outsiders to the English, so we really don't fit in with English people. Um, and so we're kind of halfway in between nobody. We, we don't belong to anybody. Right. We're just kind of nobodies. We're sometimes called the ex-Amish or the former Amish, but it, it's a very, very difficult place to be at. Yeah. And it's not just the first generation removed we deal with a lot of second generation removed.
1: Mm-hmm. you know,
0: children that were maybe born in the English culture but raised by an Amish mindset that they don't fit in either mm-hmm. and it blows me away how many generations until they finally feel like they are a part of the English culture I don't know, maybe three, four generations
1: You brought up these labels like former Amish or ex-Amish. How do you feel about those labels?
0: Uh, always kind of didn't like the ex-Amish name. It's mm-hmm. kind of like ex-husband or ex-wife, uh-huh. you know. <laughs> like, my wife always said, you know, don't use that word, use former, formerly Amish. Well, I can go along with that and it's partly because I don't know what other label to put on us. I don't know that that label really has a whole uh. lot to do with it. It's more the mental, probably. Mm-hmm. There's there's four things that every person is, looks for, I would say, acceptance, security, purpose, and identity. Those four are struggles for us. We don't feel accepted by our past. Mm-hmm. We have a hard time feeling accepted and I could get some illustrations. But we don't always think the way they do, and so we don't feel really accepted. Mm-hmm. Security, we have a hard time trusting people. Where we came from, we trusted everybody. Out here, all of a sudden, we were so vulnerable. It took us about three, four, five years to realize that, hey, people will take advantage of you. They'll sell you a car for a $1,000 bonus if, if you don't know what you're doing.
1: said, you know, when you talked about acceptance, that you could give some illustrations if I asked.
0: dare say a word because i didn't think the way they did they they were so much better than i was they are from this culture they know what they're doing why am i here so i sat there quiet for a whole year but then i was on there for about one year and one day it came up uh, that our driveway that leads into the church parking lot has a bunch of potholes mm-hmm. well, that was right down my alley we had potholes and our, gravel driveway at home, Mm -hmm. and I knew what fixed them. That was an area that I felt a little bit more of an expert in, Mm -hmm. and I remember sitting there thinking, man, I I just got to get enough courage here. I got to tell them what works, and so I said, okay, guys, I have the solution to this. I said, what we did at home is we would and go out there and start picking away and everybody started laughing and I'm the- you for nothing. I yeah I, I will never make fun of you again. I don't I want you to continue to be a deacon and I was. I was I continued to be a deacon until just about two years ago. Mm-hmm. I just had way too much on my plate. But it was good for me because it prepared me for speaking in churches. Yeah, we that's how you know,
1: out here you have power tools. Well we had pickaxes at yeah. home. It's just such a
0: different, different mindset, and yeah. I've learned. Choose my words wisely. Think it through. Figure out if I'm in, in which which crowd I'm in. Mm-hmm. Will they accept it or won't they? When we get together as former Amish, which we do a lot, have a a gathering, you know, we're completely at home. Talk about those things. We can relate with each other. We laugh about our upbringing, you know, and the way we did things mm-hmm. and so
1: forth. Do you sort of feel most at home with other people who have left, with other former Amish or ex-Amish, whichever term you prefer?
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. That's not true for everybody, though. There are quite a few that they don't like the former Amish. They run, they want to be around English people. And I guess this just goes to show, you know, everybody's different, but there are some that would not marry... An English person it has to be a former Amish. Mm -hmm. Most of the time it's guys. They want former Amish girls. I want a girl that was trained to work and clean and make meals and cook and do all that you know. Mm -hmm. But then there are some that say I don't want anything to do with a former Amish spouse. I want a totally English spouse. I joined this culture out here. I want to become like they. And so I, I guess I'm a former Amish.
1: Okay. How do you feel about that identity?
0: You know, I have to be somebody. So if that that would come as close to the right label, I guess, that, that I could think of. I, I don't see myself as an English person. Okay.
1: So how much do you feel Amish still, if at all?
0: I don't feel Amish. Okay. I don't want to feel Amish. I don't. I left it, but still I'm sure uh, a lot of it followed me in ways that I may not even realize, mm-hmm. you know, how I do things from day to day. Mm-hmm.
1: With your kids, when you are raising your kids and thinking about how you want to raise your kids, are there any ways that you are attempting to sort of instill lessons that you learned in your Amish upbringing?
0: Yeah. One of the things that was huge for us is we wanted to sit at the table to eat. Mm-hmm. That was huge uh, even to this day. I mean, we don't sit in the living room. We come out, we sit around the table, and we spend 45 minutes. Even long after we get done eating, we're talking, gets where we catch up. So that was a big deal for us. There's are some other things that I didn't want to teach my children, and that was I didn't want to teach them about Santa Claus or what's the other one, the bunny. Easter, um, yeah, the Easter
1: bunny.
0: Yeah, and I can't say that I'm against those things. I mean, if somebody really feels like that's what they want to teach their children, it's fine. I just know for us, uh, even for Halloween, we never allowed our children to go, dress up in a costume. Now, you know, our church kind of provided something that took its place. Uh-huh. We still kind of had our own thing where we had passed candy out, did play games and stuff like that. But those are things that I tried to stay away from and not, not bring our children up. But now my one daughter got married and her husband has already made it very clear <laughs> We're teaching our kids about Santa Claus, Mm -hmm. and if Grandpa gets involved, then there's going to be some really big war going on. So you know, Uh I'm like, David, do what you want. We had our opportunity, we trained our children, and now those are your children. You have to teach them the way you were taught.
1: Yeah. So do you feel at all English?
0: No. Uh Uh-uh.
1: Do you feel at all American?
0: Yes.
1: So what does it mean to you then to to be American, to feel American?
0: To feel American is that I was born in this country and that makes me an American. We were born and raised to believe that it was wrong to go to war. Uh, and in some sense, I'm not against those who go to war. I would never want to go there myself. I look at us as human beings who have been placed on the earth and... I have a hard time building walls between this country and another country. To me, we're all one. Uh-huh.
1: So, I have just a couple more questions left. We talked a little bit about education. You encourage those who leave the Amish to get a GED. Did you do that or go on for any more formal education?
0: My wife and I both went and got our GEDs, and then we took like a, a home Bible study that we did was called the Liberty Home Bible Institute from Liberty University. Okay, okay.
1: So when you are counseling and and talking to young people who've left their Amish communities and they are going on or attempting to go on for further education, like a a college degree or something, what kinds of challenges do you see that they encounter?
0: Oftentimes, financial is Mm -hmm. the problem, but I am surprised So how well they seem to do. I mean, we have had several from the Amish culture become doctors. You know, we have one or two of them that have come through our ministry that are uh, almost to the point of being a a nurse. Now they've come through college, four years, six years of college. Mm. So we have, uh, you know, that nurses, doctors, we have pastors, you know, just teachers, I guess. Yeah. Small percentage of them, though, that really ever could go on through college.
1: Do you see any other challenges that they face?
0: It, it would be more a cultural challenge uh-huh. than anything. We had one girl that came here from Kentucky. She was from the Schwarzen Trooper Amish, and she, my wife, worked at this factory and she got a job for this girl at the factory. and. One night, my wife looked over, and some of the employees were making fun of—I don't want to say her name—well, mm-hmm. color Naomi. And they were making fun of Naomi, and they were spraying stuff in the air behind her back, laughing. And later, we found out it's because Naomi had not yet shaved her legs, and. She did not wear deodorant Mm -hmm. and was not used to taking a shower every day. Mm -hmm. Her clothing didn't quite match, you know, it was kind of thrown together, whatever, Mm -hmm. just as long as I got something on. You know, and that that girl got fired within just a couple days, but that was nothing but cultural challenge there. Mm -hmm. That same girl is now just about yeah. I think in her fifth year of college and is one of those that is going to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. It just took time, yeah. you know. Today yeah. she shaves her legs, she uses deodorant, she dresses nicely.
1: Okay, so for you what was most difficult about leaving?
0: Family. Yeah, no doubt about it, family. There was 14 of us and it was either stay and have your family or leave and never be part of your family's life.
1: So then for you, what was most difficult about becoming part of the mainstream culture?
0: The most difficult is just obviously feeling like an outsider. Mm-hmm. Even at our church, there's about 220-230 people that attend our church. and Those that have left from the Amish culture, they all gather in one corner, Mm -hmm. always. You know, we sit together, we have our own little group of people, and I think it says something. It says that we're outsiders, we don't fit in, but we're here because we know we need this too.
1: You know, you've talked a bit about not feeling like you fit in. Is there something that people in your church or people in the mainstream community, you know, who don't have Amish backgrounds, is there something that they could do to help make you feel more like you belong or sort of bridge this gap in some way?
0: I don't know that there's a whole lot more they could do Mm -hmm. than what they already are doing. And I will say that, that English people are a lot more accepting of those who leave the Amish and come here than... The other way around. In my community, growing up, we had five English people that joined our Amish community and all but one has left Mm -hmm. and gone back to the English world. Mm -hmm. The Amish are a lot less accepting. You know, you weren't born Amish and so you don't understand. And they were all kind of put on a different level. You know, we're again, coming back to my side now, the English people are very accepting and almost fight over the former Amish. They, they want to love on them, they want to be there. They love their innocence, their honesty, their mm-hmm. willingness to listen. I always feel like we were taught to shut up and listen. Mm-hmm. Out here it's more like, I got 50 opinions, I want to give you all 50. sometimes they that we come out here and we think like we don't have a voice. Mm -hmm. Who are we? And then there's many of those that they like that, you know. Finally somebody that will shut up and listen.
1: All right, well the the very last question then is this. How do you feel overall about leaving the Amish?
0: Well, I would do it over and over again. If I had to choose between the two worlds, it would be this world here. Mm -hmm a thousand times over okay thank you for listening to this podcast series check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mattministry.org,
1: or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google Plus thank you again and have a blessed day